Hey, hello there. Thanks for joining me. Um, thank you very much, those of you that are here with me. Um, and also, hello to anyone that's listening back on the on the replay. Today, um, I've got uh, quite a fun one. Obviously, next week, uh, in a couple of weeks' time, we've got our um, we've got our quarterly planning goal setting session, and I've got a few sort of tricks up my sleeve for that one. Very excited about that. And so, in the run up, considering the session that we did last time was quite a big one, quite a heavy one. Um, I thought that today would be a good one to just do some more sort of surface level stuff, which would be more suitable um, for you if you were just starting out, of which there will be a couple of you listening along too. So um, if you've been with me a while, hopefully uh, the plan will be that you, um, you pick up a few bits that potentially you might have forgotten about or that might be useful for you. Um, and if you're new to this, then I want you to open your ears, take it all in, um, and use this seminar, this webinar to basically kind of structure the way that you're going to be thinking about your fat loss efforts in the future um, and make sure that this is kind of like, um, or at least what I've, what I've said really here is it's kind of like the, um, the sort of the commandments of fat loss as far as I'm concerned. From everything that I've picked up over, we're very nearly onto a decade now um, of being a personal trainer. And I think these are the things that I think psychologically are the 10 biggest problems that people have, the areas in which they, they're most likely to step up on. And the reason why that when people obviously work with me or they, you know, they start to make sort of do things correctly, things go in the right direction, right? So um, hopefully this should be pretty, should, pretty short and sharp. Um, I'm gonna try and keep it as concise as I can. And then uh, we'll, we'll have a little chat at the end. We'll run through some, run through what you think um, and that'll be good, right? So. Um, fasten seat belts, get ready to go. Um, first thing that we're going to be talking about, uh, rule number one, so to speak, or commandment number one, whatever you want to call it, um, is what gets measured gets managed, which it superficially seems like it's a very obvious one, but you would be surprised at how people are sort of mentally, especially when they start off with looking to sort of change their nutrition habits, change their, their exercise habits. People have a really good understanding of, for the most part, of what it is, the kind of things that they should be doing more of and should be doing less of. But the fact of the matter is, is that you cannot change your body um, unless you actually start to change your behaviors. And so that's, that's kind of where we're going. And you, you absolutely can't change your behaviors unless you're operating from a place of structure, right? We know this implicitly. So for example, if you were trying to tra train a dog or trying to raise your kids in the right way, you know how important it is structure is, reinforcement of principles and making sure that you're really consistent with making sure that you're, you're implementing those changes. You know how important it is implicitly when you're doing it with someone else. But for some reason, when we do it with ourselves, we think that, you know, we're, we're, we're so optimistic, you know, I'll just try and change this and it'll stick and then life will be great. Unfortunately, that, that tends to be, that doesn't tend to be how it works. Okay. We need to have a little bit more structure and we need to make sure that we're actually putting the, um, the sort of the, effectively the framework in place so that we can consistently keep working on what we're doing. We can reflect and then we can make sure that what we're implementing is sticking. And then critically, we can then change things if it's not working. Okay. So, if you want to improve your nutrition, which 
chances are you do because that is the most important part of actually sort of making yourself get to a position where you can drop body fat then you're going to have to have some kind of a food plan you're going to have to have some kind of a journal in place you're going to need to do that consistently over a period of time to actually change your mindset okay if you want to improve your your strength your fitness your stamina you're going to need to have some kind of a training log, which I'm going to do for you, um, in order to make sure that you actually have some kind of progression in place. You know what's coming up next. You know what you did last time. And you know what you need to work on. All right. And then lastly, you need to, if you want to improve your mindset, so you want to improve your relationship with food, you want to improve your ability to cope with stress, you want to improve your ability to be productive throughout the day, all these kinds of things, then you're going to want to use a journal. All right. And uh, we've done a training on this. But all of these things are, are critical in terms of actually providing you with the proper framework that you need in order to actually make these things stick and make them stick for life, okay? What you'll get out of it, this is the absolute gold, is you'll get that sense of certainty. That sense of certainty that you know what you should be doing, you know what you've done, and you know what you need to do in the future in order to make sure that you succeed. And it is just a question of just continuing to repeat the process improve the process and refine the process until you get to where you want to get to. Commandment number two is probably the oldest and the most important, um, which is that you can't outrun your form. Okay. And this, this is something that I still see every single day is I see people in the gym where I'm, where I'm training, um, you know, doing loads and loads of cardio, loads of loads of sort of trying to burn as many calories as possible. Week after week after week after week, they look exactly the same and nothing's changing. Why is that? It's because studies have shown time after time that if you increase somebody's output through exercise and they don't have control on their nutrition in terms of their diet and their intake, then people just subconsciously accommodate the amount of calories they're burning off and then they end up staying the same, all right? Fat loss has to come from the sort of control and the, the sort of the improvement of your diet. And then exercise is all about making sure that you're fitter, making sure you're stronger, making sure you're more mobile, making you healthier, making you more resilient to injury, um, giving you endorphins. It's got so many positive points. But if you start, the second you stop associating your training with your calorie output um, or in terms of your calorie balance, the easier this whole process is going to be okay of course when you train you burn some calories that's you know that's inevitable but the percentage of calories that you burn as total that come from your training for most people is about 20 percent total which means that you know for example um five glasses of wine or five pints or something is a thousand calories um you know a gourmet burger and chips is a thousand calories uh, one of those 200 gram dairy milk bars is a thousand calories right a thousand calories is a lot of calories, but it's very, very easy for you to, to consume. But it might take a relatively big, quite fit person an hour of cardio to burn that off, right? So it's so much easier to do that. You don't have to worry about when you when you control your calories through nutrition, you don't have to worry about the fatigue. You don't worry have to worry about traveling to the gym. You don't have to worry about the fact that you have to recover from the training. Um, it's just so much easier. So if you want to control your calorie balance, make sure you're doing it through your nutrition. All right. Number three is I want you, and this is a, this is golden, right? I want you to focus on easy progress. And of course, you'll say, right? Yeah, of course, I want to focus on easy progress. Um, but the, the point of this is 
is that with fat loss and with all fitness pursuits, really, you, you get massively diminishing returns with the amount of effort that you put in, all right? So if you are trying to lose fat as, as fast as possible, and you say you're putting in 100% effort to do it, you won't be making twice as much progress as if you put in 50% effort. You might actually be making, you're making almost all the process, progress by putting in 50% effort. Because the thing is, is that you've got two things working against you when you're making an effort to drop body fat, right? The obvious one is physiological resistance. As you drop weight, your metabolism slows down because you're a smaller person, right? That's normal. And that's not the reason why, you know, people tend to slow down as they drop weight, right? The main thing is, is that if you, if you lose weight really quickly, then you're prone to excessive hunger and you're prone to things like making sure that your hormones are kicking back in terms of, you know, your sleep's not as good, uh, your recovery's not as good, so you feel a bit crap. Um, and so you're, you're really sort of really suffering. From my mind, the main reason why people who lose weight too quickly feel like they, they sort of plateau and then can't maintain it is because of the psychological resistance. And this is a massive one. So things like social withdrawal, if you're on a really strict diet, you can't have fun with your mates. And as a result, you're going to really struggle and you're going to suffer disproportionately than you would be if you were more flexible. You know, changing in food types, you go from eating X, Y, and Z all the time. And then all of a sudden you're now having nothing but sort of, you know, um, you know, baked chicken and rice and greens. Okay. You're going to feel like you're missing out on a huge amount of pleasure in your life and it's going to really make you struggle. Changing your habits too fast can mean that actually it's very, very stressful because your, your, your habits are kind of your safety net in terms of your, your sanity. And if you change them all all the time, then in sort of in one go, then you're really going to struggle. So what we want to do is we want to find that sweet spot, which for me is kind of between a half percent and a percent of your body weight lost per week, depending upon how much you weigh to start with. But generally speaking, that's a good start. Um, and just focus on making that consistent, easy progress week by week by week and not trying to overdo it at any point, especially at the beginning. It's really easy to be like, oh, well, you know, I lost one and a half percent of my body weight last week. Chances are you're not going to be able to maintain that. So take it easy, focus on the long game, and then life's going to be a lot, lot easier um, as you get towards where you want to get to. All right. The fourth one is uh, making change through positive habits. Now, the, the easy thing to do, and the reason why we've got an elephant in the background here is this an obvious one. If somebody tells you, the way your brain works is if somebody tells you don't think about an elephant, the only thing you can think about is elephants, okay? And I say, no, really try not to think about elephants, really try, it's, that's the way the brain works. And behavior change is the same. If you say to yourself, don't think about X, Y, and Z, then, or I'm gonna stop doing X, Y, and Z, or whatever it is, then, your brain is going to be constantly fixated on trying to avoid that thing. And it's going to become obsessed by that thing. And it's going to require an awful lot of willpower in order to not do that thing. So what I recommend you do is crowd out bad habits by implementing positive ones. So for example, rather than saying, I need to make sure that I'm you know, eating less sugar, you might say, I'm going to make sure that I'm eating more protein. That's a really simple one. Or I'm going to stop. I don't want to be on my phone before bed. Is really difficult but i'm going to make sure i read a book before bed is really easy thinking about things from that perspective is so so much easier in terms of actually making lasting change so don't worry about what you're doing wrong start focusing on what you're doing correctly and try to build on that and add new positive habits in okay number five 
is start to think about work on low-hanging fruit. Okay, so most people's calorie intakes over the course of a day, let's take a weekday, for example, looks like this. Okay, this is 90% of people. Not much for breakfast, light for lunch, snack in the afternoon, biggish dinner, loads of food after dinner, right? That's the, that's the default, okay? That's the normal thing that people do. And so the first thing that people do when they change the nutrition is they start saying, right, I'm going to have smoothies for breakfast, okay? Because that seems like the obvious thing and that's the right thing to do, blah, blah, blah. The low-hanging fruit there is all the stuff that's happening after 6 p.m., okay? So work it on, on that there. You're going to get a much bigger bang for your buck because that is where the majority of your calories are being consumed. The same goes for the weekend. So for the most part, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, pretty normal. Thursday, picking up a bit. Friday, picking up a bit more. Saturday, picking up even more. Sunday, probably even more. And so the first thing that people do is, right, so what I need to do is I need to make sure that I get my food prep for Monday properly. And it's like, no, 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 no. You're missing the point completely. The reason that you're struggling with fat loss is because the stuff is happening at the end of the week, not the beginning of the week. And your return on effort is going to be way, way bigger in terms of if your goal is to save, you know, over the course of a week, um, you know, 1500 calories, it's much easier to do that over a Friday, Saturday, Sunday than it is to do that over a Monday, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. So always think about what gives me the best return on effort, pick the low hanging fruit, and then you stand a much better chance of being successful. And it's going to be a lot easier. So ultimately, that's going to be all a lot better. Number six is, um, and this is this is my particular one, always walk up the escalator. Now, this actually isn't this rule, but this is a demonstration of the rule, which is that I advise that rather than you thinking about adopting change, which you're going to do for a bit, but isn't necessarily something that you, that you associate with, for example, people might do the cabbage soup diet, not because they actually think the cabbage soup diet is a good way to live, but because they think it's going to achieve an outcome. They don't identify with the cabbage soup diet, right? What I would suggest that you do instead is pick something, pick something more like a standard that you want to follow, which is something which is actually something that you identify with as a positive habit and as part of you in order to build momentum, help to basically sculpt and change your self-identity so that you start to become more aligned with the kind of person you want to be and then actually consistently implement those things because the more that you implement those things the more that it hammers in the point of this is the kind of person i am for example when i'm on the tube i will always walk up the escalator because it's free calories i get to where i'm getting to quicker um, and i don't need to hang around standing around with people on the escalator right i'm happy to do that for the rest of my life it's part of who i am if i'm with you and you don't want to walk up the escalator that's fine i'm not going to walk up and wait for the top but otherwise, if I'm by myself, that's what we're going to do. It's something that I, I genuinely think is, is part of me now. It's something that I always do. I don't think about it. And it's something that I'm happy to do for the rest of my life. What I suggest that you do is try to find behaviours that you identify with in every aspect of your life that you want to improve. And focus on changing things in that manner rather than thinking, okay, so what's the easiest thing I could do, right? So, for example, to burn sort of more calories, right? Even though this is kind of going back and what I said earlier, but you get, you, you get what I'm getting at. To burn more calories, you're, you know, you could say, I could say, I'm going to do 100 squats before I go to bed every night. But that's stupid. I don't identify with that. That would make me miserable. I don't want to do that. So try to give it the same attitude when you're doing this kind of stuff, right? So think about what standards can you set for yourself that you want to actually do because they, you want them to be a part of who you are. 
Number seven is a big one. It's a very big one, which is basically planning in your fun. The number of times that I'll ask people, what have you got planned in this week? You know, what fun have you got planned in this week? And they'll say to me, oh, not much, just working. is unbelievable, right? And the reason that a lot of people struggle with fat loss is because food, and I definitely identify being as one of these people, is a huge pleasure in their life. And sometimes it actually becomes one of the only pleasures because if work's really busy and you've got a lot, of, lot on and you don't really have much else to look forward to, food can be your only real out, right? So one of the things that we want you to do is we want to make sure that you are having a good time. It doesn't have to be fun, like going to a theme park and riding on a thing. It can be anything. I don't mind what it could be going for a walk in the sunshine or listening to some music or whatever. But plan in whatever it is that gets you, know, gets you going and make sure that you've got that planned and you've always got something to look forward to every week to keep you focused and to make sure that you're not reaching to food as a source of fun rather than it's a deliberate thing that you might do every now and again to actually, well, mostly you're eating to help you to feel good and then occasionally what you're doing is you're eating food because you want to eat because it tastes right, okay? Similar kind of thing, planning in your treats. So, for example, you know that you can't have a dessert with every meal for the rest of your life, but you might really like desserts. So you might say, right, Friday night, Saturday night, I'm going to have a dessert with dinner, and that's something I've got to look forward to. That is going to make you much less likely to deviate through the week because you know you've got that thing coming. You're not saying, I'm just never going to have dessert again. You know you've got something to look forward to, and so it's going to help you to be more disciplined through the week. And it's going to help you to basically stick to the plan and keep you moving. So make sure both with regards to what you eat and what you do, you're planning the fun in. So you've always got something positive to look forward to. All right. Number eight, so we're eight out of ten, uh, is don't let perfect be the enemy of good. Right. We are all perfectionists to an extent. Um, but when it comes to this kind of thing, I think. Most people could do with being a little bit less, doing a little bit less thinking and a little bit more doing, right? It's very easy to sort of try to be flawless in what you're doing. You know, you set yourself up for the week, you plan your food out, you know, you've got everything set up, and then all of a sudden something happens and it's like, sod it, I can't do this anymore, it's too hard. Rather than thinking about being immaculate, start thinking about improving step by step, right? You don't want to get to the end wherever the end is for you, um, and have got there with a bunch of perfectionist habits that you don't actually want to maintain for life, okay? You want to get there being flexible, being sort of adaptable, and actually enjoying the process as you go. So when you get to that point, you can maintain it, and it's easy, all right? You don't want to sort of get there and think to yourself, well, actually, all I've done here is just learn how to eat and exercise like a lunatic, and now I don't have anything to fall back on, right? That's not helpful at all. So. The other thing I want you to think about this one as well with the perfectionist mentality, which is going to be two, but I try to put it down to one, which is one bad meal is as bad for you in terms of you achieving your goal as one good meal is good for you in terms of achieving your goal. All right. So don't allow yourself to be thrown off by one thing going wrong. It's 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 just a blip. Okay. Um, and that leads us nicely onto the next one, which is failure is necessary. So I've got a little um a little example to give you. So I do meditating and a uh, little man that speaks to my ear occasionally um, has basically said to me that the goal of it is to, or one of the many goals I'm sure, is to basically wait to see when you lose focus on your breath, which is what you're following, um, and your mind has wandered. 
Okay, so the idea is, is you're paying attention to your breath, to your breathing, your mind wanders, and then you win the game, essentially, I know it's not a game, it's not very good as people say, um, but you win the game when you actually come back to the, to the breath and you say, you know what, oh, I lost control, right? That's the whole point of the thing. Rather than think you're being frustrated that your mind wandered, what you do is you're actually celebrating the fact that you noticed it and you fought it back. I want you to have the same attitude towards your health and fitness. You know what it is that you could be doing in order to be perfectly healthy, lose loads of weight really quickly and all that kind of stuff. But you, there's a reason why you're not doing it because the habits aren't in place, the, the, sort of the, the resources aren't there. You haven't basically put all the fundamental building blocks in place in order for you to be able to consistently do it. So when you inevitably fail, when you inevitably fail, I'm going to say that twice, what you need to do is you need to think of it as a, ah, brilliant, right, now I've, now I've found a weakness in my plan. I'm going to use that as an opportunity to strengthen it. And next time that won't happen. I'm now building the fundamental building block step by step through experience. Because I can't tell you what you need to be doing. You're the expert in your life. And um, so you need to think of every time that you fall off the wagon or every time you lose focus or whatever, as an opportunity to actually strengthen your sort of your, your routines and habits. And then ultimately get yourself closer to being the kind of person that you need to be in order to achieve the results that you want. Right. So start to think of failure as a good thing, because that is ultimately what's going to give you the growth to get you to where you want to get to. Right. So once you have that in place, you can start asking yourself some questions. Right. So you went wrong. So the first thing first, where was I uncomfortable is a good question to ask yourself. Where is it that I didn't feel like? So it might be, oh, I was really hungry after dinner. Um, and so I slipped up and I ate X, Y and Z. Well, then, okay, so the logical next thing is then you didn't have enough dinner. Stick an extra fifth portion of vegetables in your dinner and you're gonna, you're probably gonna feel better, okay? You know, what did I do well this week? Where did I overcome adversity? But double that down. And then what went wrong and what am I gonna change? And these things, and just go through that process. Every time something goes wrong, go through that process. And you'll start to build an armory of um, sort of routines and habits and, and all those things which are actually gonna help you to cope in the future and deal with the problems that you have all the time so that eventually you can be consistent and that you can get there, all right? The last one is probably my favorite, which is one that I have to remind myself of all the time, which is that discipline creates freedom, right? So what, regardless of however it is that you want to improve yourself, there is going to need to be some level of sacrifice, okay? So, for example, you might argue that discipline during the week with your nutrition allows you freedom with your nutrition and your food choices at the weekend. You might argue that discipline with your food in general gives you freedom to enjoy better health and actually to feel less guilt around what you eat. You could argue other things. For example, you could say discipline in the gym means um, sort of freedom from things like um, you know, joint problems, all that kind of stuff. You could say discipline on planning gives you more and freedom in time because you're more efficient. All of these things, they work as sort of as, as two parts of a whole. And so what you have to work out is where is it that I'm going to apply discipline so that I can have the freedom and the, the things that I want, and then use that as a motivation to help keep you on track when things inevitably get more difficult, right? The example that I give all the time is that, you know, the most important meal of the week is sort of, you know, your, your Tuesday, your Wednesday lunch, 
nobody really cares what they have for, for lunch on Tuesday or Wednesday. It's a perfect opportunity to actually execute a really good meal. And the more that you focus on making sure those meals are perfect, your Friday dinners, your Saturday dinners, and all that kind of stuff are going to be so much more relaxed because you know you've put in the good work, right? So that is my 10 commandments, rules for freedom, um, for freedom, fat loss. Um, thanks for sticking around. Hope you enjoyed it. Um, we're going to do a little bit of a chat now to see what um, what struck home. Um, and look forward to seeing you in a couple of weeks for a uh, big quarterly planning session. So have a lovely rest of the week, guys. And um, I'll speak to you soon. Cheers.